0: The four-day week is a bit of, you know, is a bit of shorthand. And you're right that there is, that the movement is more diverse than just Monday through Thursday, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. Um, that is for more than half of companies that do this, so far as mm-hmm. I can tell, sort of the preferred method. But really, what joins all of these companies is that they are reducing working hours without cutting salaries or sacrificing productivity.
1: Hello everyone, today I'm excited to have as my guest Alex Su-young Kim-Peng. Alex is Head of Global Programs for 4-Day Week Global, a non-profit evangelizing the 4-Day Workweek. He is the author of the books Shorter, Work Better, Smarter and Less. Here's how. Rest, Why You Get More Done When You Work Less and the Distraction Addiction. His trilogy of books shows how companies and individuals can better integrate rest, creativity, and focus into digital age lives and work. Alex has been a senior consultant at Institute for the Future and Strategic Business Insights, and a visiting scholar at Microsoft Research Cambridge oxford university stanford university and uc berkeley alex received a phd in history and sociology of science from the university of pennsylvania alex was my guest in the fall of 2020 today's episode is a follow-up what has happened with the four-day week since our last conversation how it has spread further around the world and in what areas it is being already implemented the types of industries and more hello alex welcome to the show today
0: oh thanks very much it's great to be with you again
1: yes it is really nice to have you back and um So I would like to also say hello to everybody who might be viewing this conversation right now, live, or who is um, watching us later in a um, recap. So um, welcome everybody from around the world. And um, there might be some people, Alex, who may not know you yet. So could you introduce yourself with five facts according to the Working Out Loud method, please? (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sort of five facts about me. Um, I am um, a rare California native. Um, myself and my wife actually both are, are from California. Um, I, even though I work as a consultant, I have an academic background. I have a PhD in history of science. Um, I have um, three elderly dogs. Somehow, over the course of time, we've managed to sort acquire to kind of start a, a, a senior home for order of for animals. Um, I have a strange and encyclopedic knowledge of Southern rock music lyrics, having grown up in the South in the sort of during the golden age of sort of Leonard Skynyrd and Marshall Tucker band and the Allman brothers. Um, and I suppose the, you know, or the fifth thing is um, I'm terrible at yoga, but I like doing it anyway. And so let's, so those are, those are, those are five things that either are random or oddly illustrative. Um, we'll
1: see. Well, thank you so much, Alex. And I remember in our previous conversation, I met at least one of your dogs. I remember <laughs> who visited. There is,
0: there is always a danger that another will, or of you know, will will have, some, will make some kind of comment as we go along.
1: <laughs> yeah. So now, um, Alex, you've recently become the program director of the Four Day Week Global Advocacy. Could you Mm -hmm. tell us more about your work?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, Four Day Week Global is a nonprofit that was started by Andrew Barnes and Charlotte Lockhart. Um, Andrew's company, Perpetual Guardian, quite famously moved to a four day week in, what was it, 2018 or early 2019. And on the basis of the, you know, he was, he and Charlotte were inspired by that to start four day week global, whose purpose is to essentially kind of evangelize sort of the virtues of the four day week and encourage other companies to order trial it and adopt it. So in, and so it's been going for a couple of years. Um, I just joined about a little over a month ago, so um, I am sort of like Joe Walsh to the Eagles, right? Sort of coming in after sort of, you know, a a, a successful several years, um, and the work that I'm doing is I'm helping to organize um, sort of trials around the world, bringing together groups of companies that want to try a four day week, and pairing them up with. One another, for one thing, you know, it's always kind of strange and sometimes isolating, especially if you're a small company, to do something that radical. So it's good to, you know, to have others who you can bounce ideas off of and commiserate and share successes. We're also um, pairing up uh, companies with mentors. Other companies that have already moved to four-day weeks, who are trying, who can advise about pitfalls to avoid, things to worry about or not worry about, how they went about solving problems, and then finally, um, we're pairing up with academic researchers who are interested in issues around stuff like work-life balance and or of the impact of a shorter work week or on stress levels, on sort of how well, how effectively companies work, basically to try and get a better sense. Of, you know, across a range of industries, how the four day week uh, uh, of benefits companies and people and what kinds of challenges they face. So um it's a really exciting job and one that um, I'm looking forward to spending, you know sort of investing investing a lot of a lot of time and and energy um, energy in. so I mean, it sounds
1: fascinating and There are people who might be listening to us today. And so when they hear the four day work week or four day Mm -hmm. week, they might think, "Okay, Monday to Thursday and Friday off. But, um, you know, maybe you could describe that not everybody is using that method as the three day weekend, that there is much more to it
0: true yes really of the you know four day week uh, the four day week is a bit of you know is a bit of shorthand and you're right that there is, that the movement is more diverse than just monday through thursday on friday saturday and sunday off um that is for more than half of companies that do this so far as mm-hmm. i can tell sort of the preferred method but really what joins all of these companies is that they are reducing working hours without cutting salaries or sacrificing productivity. Andrew Barnes calls this the 180-100 sort of rule, you know, 100% of the pay, 80% of or of earlier hours, 100% of productivity. And but there's plenty of flexibility in how or if you put that into practice. There are some companies where, you know, the maybe the work is more seasonal and so it's not possible to do a four-day week all the time to- you know or of 52 weeks of the year in other cases if you're a retail establishment or if you're a government office you need to stay open and stay responsive to your customers um nursing homes have staff that need to be on for 24 hours a day so they uh, so what we are finding though is that across a wide variety of industries and job types you know, not uh, meaning, you know, both professionals or, you know, uh, who have a lot of control over their time or autonomy and can set their own deadlines, as well as, you know, hourly workers, people working in restaurants, you know, sort of nurses assistants, um, that there are multiple ways, multiple strategies that companies take to achieve a shorter work week, but that it is, you know, it is a remarkably accessible goal for you know companies companies in all kinds of industries all around the world
1: and you know when we first talked in um like it's now md um, it was the end of 2020 so it's like a year and a half nearly ago so mm-hmm. um you were describing the research you did for your book, Shorter, and the interviews you had and done, and how, as you just said, such a wide variety of industries and companies and across the world, really, that people were implementing this new method. And so mm-hmm. now you've recently published the um four-day week 2020 annual report. And I'm curious if you could share with our viewers and listeners a little bit more about new maybe countries or industries that have since then also started implementing the four day week.
0: Sure. You know, uh, uh, as as has been the case for everybody, the last two years have felt like a really long time, and that's been quite true for or the the four day week movement as well. There's been an awful lot of stuff that's happened since shorter came out, and I think the, a couple of the highlights are: first of all, we're seeing more involvement by you know, or by national governments. Mm-hmm. Um, this has not previously been much of a thing, but in 2020, Iceland moved its public sector. So about 15% of its total adult workforce to shorter work weeks that vary depending on whether you're a night, you know, night shift worker or you work during the day and kind of sort of, and what union you are or represented by everybody kind of bar, would have made their own, sort have made their own bargains. Um, but starting in mid 20, mid 2021 um, uh, everybody has worked at, at most a 36-hour week, and some are down to 30 or you know even below that. Also, in the United Arab Emirates, this January, the public sector and schools both moved to four and a half day weeks. Um, they also, at the same time, moved the weekend right from Friday and Saturday to Saturday and Sunday. Though you know they also close, uh, or uh, but offices also close Friday afternoons. The main impact of that was number one to you know to kind of standardize UAE working time with the West. Um, Second, the other important thing was it changed the day that brunch happens in the United Arab Emirates, Hmm. which apparently I've never been to it, but apparently this is a really really big deal. Um, Other kinds of changes, you know, we've also seen. A big change in the way in which companies talk about and publicize the four-day week. You know, when I was working on the book, there weren't that many companies that were really noisy about the fact that they had shortened working hours. Partly because it wasn't always clear what the response would be, even if they'd been very they had, had sort of great success with it. These days, though, you know, you start a trial or you decide you're going to make the move, you. Do a press release or, you know, a celebratory video or post about it on LinkedIn. And I think what this tells us is that, you know, first of all, just generally the kind of public acceptance for a shorter work week has gone up. Skepticism about it has gone down. And companies now see it as a way of distinguishing themselves from their competition, you know, standing out in the marketplace, showing that they're living their values and that they care about their people. Um, we've also seen a greater uh, uptake in um, schools, and in some professionals, and in professional services that bill by the hour. So, I've I've seen a bunch of law firms doing it. And, you know, anybody who's worked in or had experience with law firms might think this is like the last place where you would work a four day week because, you know, the bill- because everything is built around billable hours. And yet it turns out that law firms have been able to do this and have done so quite successfully and even in at least one case seen billing go up because people are better rested, because they're better able to focus at work. And because for the firm overall, there are fewer interruptions from people burning out or, you know, having to go on medical leave or quitting unexpectedly. So the so you know i think so those are those are some of the major things that i've seen in or the shorter work uh, or of the shorter week movement sort of over the last couple of years i think the final thing is that the pandemic has not slowed down the f- adoption of the 4-day week um but if anything i think has sped it up as companies have had to go remote they've discovered that uh, it is possible for them to reinvent how they work um that their workforces often you know really need to have more time for themselves uh, for things like you know sort of caring for kid you know caring for kids dealing with home stuff dealing with just the complexities of you know living in a world in 2022 during a pandemic that won't go away um and that you know in today's world Flexible work options or hybrid work are now like table stakes when you're trying to recruit people, you know, that's no longer the thing that gets you, you know, sort of gets you noticed by, you know, sort of by good workers. And so a four day week, I think, is beginning to look attractive as a way of, sort of, you know, as a practical way of distinguishing yourself from, you know, sort of from the competition.
1: It is really so interesting how within, you know, the span of two years, what you just said, remote right. and hybrid work is a given. And now mm-hmm. the stakes are going higher. What else can I do to differentiate <laughs> myself from the competition? Yeah. yeah. It's true. No. Really...
0: <laughs> no, and you know, out of I have I've had conversations with leaders who said things along the lines of you know before the pandemic i absolutely knew that we could never do work from home right that was just that was just completely obvious to me and my people proved me wrong in about 3 weeks and that really made me question what other things could we do differently and do better um and the fact that you know the fact that so many companies were able to adopt this under really very adverse circumstances right Nobody had planned for this. There were all kinds of other things that everybody was dealing with in early 2020. And the fact that, you know, the fact that it, you know, that, uh, that lots of companies survived, that they found ways of working that were more effective. Um, you know, this really paved the way for for them, you know, for them asking, what other things can we do differently? And looking at the four-day week in a way that, you know, they would not have done previously.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Like, you know, there are so many bad things about the pandemic, obviously, but that's to me, the change and willingness overall from, you know, the industry and the companies to be more adopting new concepts of flexible work is, is remarkable. It, yeah. it really is. Now, in your book, Shorter, now you mentioned that caregivers who are still predominantly women, that they don't only benefit from a four day week but that companies who are implementing for the weeks are actually particularly looking out to hire them. Could you Mm -hmm. explain this a little bit more to our listeners?
0: Sure. So, you know, one of the... Companies don't adopt four-day weeks sort of either out of idealism or you know because they're trying to like reinvent capitalism or something. Right? They're trying to solve very specific everyday problems, right? Issues with work-life balance, with recruitment, with retention. Right? You know, trying to prevent, or of reduce or prevent burnout in their staff. And you know, this is, uh, and it's particularly the case despite you know decades of. You know, often, well-meaning programs, even at progressive companies, that you know that uh, flexible work programs or other kinds of part-time work programs only go so far to sort of uh, to alleviating the challenges that working parents and particularly mothers have, but also have created these enduring challenges around uh, what sociologists call flexibility stigma. Right, the fact that if that uh, that women who work flexibly are often penalized for that choice in in that their you know sort of earning of lifetime earnings go down or they're less likely to be promoted uh, at the same speed as their peers and they're put on sort of less interesting work um, one of the things that happens though with companies that move to four day weeks is that some number one some of the subtle things that uh, that advantage um, single people or married men, who it turns out are essentially the same thing in the sort of in the 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 labor the, the labor market, um, kind of get erased because it's no longer useful in companies that work four day weeks to be the person who can stay late and you know sort of work you know sort of sleep under their desks. Um, as one CEO told me, it no longer impresses me that you can work 12 hours. What I want is the person who only needs six hours to work, you know, to get this in, and, you know, can sort of knock out the work and be done and respect everyone's time and get out of there. And, this, and, you know, and there's a sense that, particularly in smaller companies, that the people who possess the combination of, you know, technical skill or professional experience the kind of soft skills of empathy, judgment, but also a degree of ruthlessness and time management, right? An ability to focus, to do the thing, to move on to the next thing, et cetera. Who is it who has that particular combination of sort of capabilities? Well, it's working moms who often have more experience than, uh, uh, but are kind of, uh, but are sort of underemployed and underrewarded rewarded for it in traditional labor markets and for whom sort of, those kinds of, uh, you know, that capacity to focus, to be a little ruthless doesn't really carry a lot of value. So in companies that move to four-day weeks, in contrast, you know, rather than being penalized for, sort of, motherhood, mm-hmm. you know, working moms are able to charge a, or to charge a premium, sort of, for, you know, for these abilities. The other important thing is that in flexible work programs, when one person, you know, moves to a four-day week, there often is this lingering sense that, well, are they really getting the work done, or are they creating extra work for everybody else? Um, it's seen as kind of a zero-sum game, right? There's a winner, and there's a, you know, and there's a question of, you know, is someone else losing? In companies, though, that move to four-day weeks, everybody is moving to a four-day week. So everybody has to work together in order to make it succeed. And everybody benefits equally from having more time. And so that, you know, so that question of sort of, you know, is you know, is the person who's working four days, you know, kind of creating extra work for us? The answer is no, because everybody's working a four-day week.
1: Yeah, that's I I think that is, you know, and it also sort of from a feelings perspective, as you mentioned. That person feels everybody does it. So I'm not, quote unquote, burdening somebody else by, you know, leaving early. It's everybody mm-hmm. does it. And it also, you know, creates, I feel, a much more a camaraderie. How can we ensure that we indeed can get all the work done? Do we need to have meetings or can they be shortened or other maybe, you know, streamlined processes that, typically might one might not have thought about beforehand but now as time is at a premium how can we do that so yeah.
0: absolutely you know i think when um, when individuals move to four day weeks the burden is upon them to figure out how they can become more personally productive right how the work that happens between their eyes and the keyboard and the screen how do you you know sort uh, of how do you boost the efficiency of that stuff when an entire company moves to a four-day week, on the other hand, the solutions are not individual, they are structural, right? It's how do you rethink collective things like meetings, like workflows? You know, how do you sort of inculcate changes in company culture? And and a con and you know, a consequence of that is that you do not get into a situation where you know one person's improvement maybe comes at someone else's expense. But it's also the case that these turn out to be, I think, more enduring and sustainable solutions because they're ones that everyone makes use of and everyone benefits from. In contrast to, you know, situations where sort of one person maybe gets some benefit, but um, you know those be- uh, but the- but because those practices don't spread, Um, they're not benefits that really sort of are shared by everyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned before that people are trying to implement four day week as a further differentiation from the competition and therefore maybe being able to attract and retain more talent. Do you have an example of a company that implemented the four day week and was able to, you know, retain and attract more talent?
0: Yeah, so um, let's see, one example would be um, Pursuit Marketing, which is a B2B um, or of, uh, company in uh, Glasgow, Scotland. So mm-hmm. Glasgow is like the telemarketing capital of Europe, and um, it's a place where there are lots and lots of companies, people tend to jump around a lot. You, you know, you're in one place for six months, then you get offered a bonus to go somewhere else. It's very, you know, it's a very salary driven, uh, industry with high turnover pursuit marketing though, after it implemented a four day week, saw its turnover go from, I think nearly a hundred percent per year to something like four or 5%. Mm-hmm. And what. Yeah. And what that meant was that, you know, they, I think in the first year, they saved a quarter million pounds in recruiter fees. Plus, you know, you had, you you had a better trained workforce that was able to apply its training in your, you know, in your company rather than in the competition, um and you had all the other benefits that come from having a you know having a stabler workforce in which people have more time to get to know each other another great example is a nursing home in Virginia called the glebe who put their certified nurses assistants you know the kind of frontline workers who spend time with residents getting them dressed bathed fed etc um on a program where they, only worked 30 hours a week, but they were paid for 40 if they met certain weekly criteria. And this is a hard job, and it traditionally is not paid very well. And what they found was that even though they had to spend another $140,000 or so, on or of, you know on salaries because you need nurses 24 right. hours a day um they saved 120 thousand dollars in rec- recruiting fees and in having to you know bring in someone at the last minute from a t- from a temporary agency at you know four times the normal or of the normal pay rate. Um, it also meant that or of uh, or quality of care went up the number of slips and falls, bed sores, abrasions, even the use of psychotropic drugs all went down after they implemented this program. And as you can imagine, recruitment and retention shot way up. So retention in particular went from something like 140 percent a year to something around you know 15 or 20 percent. So those are two examples of really dramatic improvements in, you know, in recruitment and retention that come about as a result of a shorter week.
1: That's, I mean, thank you so much for sharing these examples. It's it's really fascinating what, you know, a change of operating, um, you know, different hours, uh, what it can do. And so I'm curious, going forward, so where do you see the four-day week concept, you know, Going over the next few years?
0: This is a terrific, terrific question. And I think that um, there are a couple of big things. You know, number one, we are in my capacity as sort of, you know, program manager at four-day week, one of the striking trends I'm seeing is larger and larger companies being interested in it and trialing it. Now, most of the companies that I write about in my book were relatively small companies fewer than 100 people and you know given that 90% something like 90% of companies in the United States and Canada are companies that employ fewer than 100 people that's actually you know that's pretty significant but what i'm seeing now are more multinational companies becoming you know sort of approaching us also seeing more interest coming not from the very top of the company you know or of the startup founder who wants to do this in order to, you know, compete with Google for talent, but rather people in the middle, right. You know, or of the, you know, a senior person in operations or people, you know, people in culture or HR who thinks this is a really, this would be a really good thing for the company. And now I've got to figure out how to sell it to my bosses and to the board. So, you know, it's bigger companies. It's also sort of. Uh, it's also the interest is kind of germinating in somewhat different places. So that's I think one significant trend. Another thing is I'm seeing a greater interest in companies that can't exactly do a four day week but are interested in applying some of the techniques in their own industries. So in particular, companies that are in the very seasonally cyclical of uh cyclical businesses right lots of knowledge work happens regardless of the weather you know if you're an advertising agency in Reykjavik or in you know rio or sort of what's going on outside doesn't really matter if you are in contrast you know let's say a you know a building contractor um there's a lot of work that doesn't happen in the winter months if there's two feet of snow on the ground, and so you know you can't you can't move to a four day week in the same way that let's say a web design firm can. But the question is, are there other ways of or of uh, you know of learning the lessons of the four day week that sort of you can uh, that you can apply in that industry? Um, so you know those are those are a couple of the things that I'm already seeing. I think we're also, you know, there used to be more of a binary either-or choice that companies would make between four-day weeks and flexible work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely going away, right? I think that for some firms, the four-day week offers a kind of incentive or kind of kind of attraction to get people back into the office maybe a couple days a week, but not full time. But it's part of a broader kind of strategy of think of rethinking how companies can you know can be more mindful of how they design their time, how they design their work days, and how they design their workplaces to uh, or so that they can or cr- in order to, or to create environments and routines that let people do their best work and do their most meaningful work. Um, and then, you know, I think that sort of uh, the, uh, are there any other other big things? You know, I think those actually, you know, I think finally um, more, you know, growing interest by or of, uh, on the part of governments and, and politicians, right? We saw in the United States, the first introduction in Congress of, Leg- of proposed legislation to sort of reduce stand- the standard work week from forty hours a week to thirty-two, not clear that anything's going to happen with that yet. But often with great big legislative you know, sort of uh, sort of moves, this kind of thing can take years, right? Of you know before it finally passes. So, but you know the fact that the four day week is no longer seen as this completely crazy outlier idea that's a career killer but is the sort of thing that you want your name attached to that can help you you know help vault you from or of where you are now maybe to you know the governor's mansion or the senate or whatever um i think is you know is a notable you know is another notable development
1: it it is really interesting and as you just said yeah planting the seed right that just to make people aware that it exists. And to your point, you know, I'm looking at the paid parental leave, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's been years and years and well. I I feel strongly that one day it will happen. But yeah, it's you, you plant the seed and more and more people get aware. So now... It's it's been really fascinating to you know talk with you and hear the latest updates on the four day week. Now, I just wanted to make sure: is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners and viewers that um, we haven't talked about yet?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if they are, if any of them are interested in you know finding out more, or you know, or finding out about how to join one of the trials um, you know, you can go to a uh, four and that'll provide all the information that you need in order to sort of sign up and, um, sort of learn more and, you know, maybe figure out if this is something that is, you know, that can, that can work for you now. So, um, and of course, Four Day Week Global is on Twitter, you know, and sort of, you know, and everywhere, everywhere you get fine social media. Um and so it's a it's a great place to find out more about the movement and figure out how you know how you can be part of it.
1: Thank you. And how can people reach you?
0: Have people reach me. So um I am AskPang, A-S-K-P-A-N-G, on Instagram, Twitter, just about everything else. Um, my Instagram, honestly, is mainly my dogs. But every now and then, there's a little bit of professional stuff. And you know, people like dogs, so yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not apologizing. I'm just explaining. And then my book is here. It is. It's um, uh, sort of out from public affairs, and so you know, available where, available everywhere fine books are sold. So and other kinds of books like mine. So.
1: Thank you so much. I so enjoyed reading your book and I quote, you know, from oh. the book and it's just like you know so important <laughs> that people are, you know, learning more. I think awareness mm-hmm. raising is really the key and and I feel the pandemic has really shown that you know flexibility and innovation is the key.
0: Yes, absolutely. No, and it's it is it is something that is uh, that can come from anywhere. It is something that we all can benefit from if we are thoughtful about how to design and how to, you know, how to implement that sort of that innovation. So, and it's something that we all need. So,
1: yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for coming back to the show, providing us with an update. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.